Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. First, some good news. The organization we're featuring this week is International Justice Mission. They partner with local authorities in 14 countries to combat slavery, violence against women and children, and abuse of power. That is a great thing. That's something I have to remind myself of from time to time. It's important for keeping perspective to remember that there are still people in our world who live in some form of slavery. It's sort of unbelievable that in our modern contemporary times, that still exists. It's one of those horrors that I don't think I'm able to fully comprehend. I think many of us aren't able to comprehend what that would be like to wake up as someone else's property or in some sort of situation where our lives are totally controlled. So I'm very grateful for any organization that is working to combat slavery, the abuse of power in general. I also like that the International Justice Mission partners with local authorities. I think we see that again and again. That is often the best way to make meaningful and lasting change is to empower, support the local communities, the local organizations, because they're going to best understand the situation. They're going to best understand how to use the resources. And I, I just think it's going to be more sustainable, typically, when you have that level of investment, where it's not a come in, we're just going to donate money and that's it being hands off. It's empowering people. That's how I think we address a lot of social issues in the world is empower people. The International Justice Mission can be found at ijm.org and I appreciate the work they're doing. This is Family Time 95, ADAPT. Adaptability is such an important human skill. The happiest, most successful people, those who are most at peace, from my perspective, are those who are most adaptable. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that. We're talking about self-management again, for our social-emotional learning competencies. And self-management is really about adaptability. How do we react to the situation, to how we're feeling, to how we're behaving? How do we switch things up so we can change and grow and learn 
and move forward. There's the famous quote by Dostoevsky that says, man is a creature that can get accustomed to anything. And I think that is the best definition of him. I really like that quote. I think of it often. I sort of paraphrase it frequently. I first came across the quote, I believe, or at first really caught my attention in Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. That's a book we spend some time studying in the character and leadership class that I teach. It's a book that I suggest every human being read. Viktor Frankl was a psychologist who was in Nazi concentration camps during World War II. In Auschwitz, uh, I think a camp associated with Dachau. But he tells... In the book, he tells his experience in those concentration camps. But it's a, it's a very interesting telling. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of books, movies, television shows about World War II, about that era. But his is an interesting take. Because he is, he is recounting the events of the time he was in the concentration camp, but he's doing it from the perspective of someone who has a deep understanding of how the mind works. And the whole focus of the book is about how a person can find meaning and purpose even in the most dire situation, even in the most inconceivable horrors like those of concentration camps in World War II. I find the book, every time we go through it for class, I find it very inspiring and moving, and there's so many things I have underlined in the book from Frankl himself, but he also highlights very powerful things like this, like this Dostoevsky quote, that man, humanity in this case, is this creature that can get accustomed to anything. That can be a negative thing, and it is sometimes. We allow ourselves to get used to things that we don't want. We allow ourselves to settle. We allow ourselves to live with things that are negative. Negative relationships that tear us down. We work in professions that we don't enjoy. And I understand making sacrifices for the other things that we do love. But if we're living lives that are unhappy, unfulfilling if we don't find a deep sense of meaning and joy and hope and peace in life, we're maybe too, too ready to accept those things because we are adaptable creatures. 
that we can sort of allow ourselves to get used to that. We can get used to a terrible situation and tell ourselves, this is it. This is as good as it's going to be. This is my existence, my reality. A part of that is okay. Accepting our reality, not judging an experience to an extent, can be a powerful thing. But I think it's most powerful when we can use it to adapt on the other side of that spectrum. That if we truly understand we are able to get used to about anything, then we can change our lot in life. If we've never exercised, but we want to be healthier. In our current state, we're used to not doing that. We have gotten accustomed to not exercising. So when we do it for the first time, it's painful. Physically, mentally, it's out of our comfort zone. But if we know, we believe, we have the ability to adapt then we can have some faith in the process and understand, I got used to the other side of this. I'll get used to this new existence. And that's what happens. If you get into a regular exercise routine, you start eating healthier, you start to feel better, you start to feel different. Then it becomes a habit. It becomes a a part of us. Then you fall into a situation where We feel like, I I don't feel good if I don't work out because I've gotten used to this other thing. So if we can recognize that, yeah, we can get used to the negative, then we can also get used to the positive. That goes for absolutely everything. I know I've talked about this at different times. On these family times in the podcast and things that I write and I don't, I won't belabor the experience, but I had a series of health issues that lasted for quite some time from the time I was about 28 to 32 had to deal with a variety of unexpected health issues. And I really had to go through an adaptation process of accepting the new reality of my existence, but then also having faith that I could climb back and perhaps come out the other side better for the experience. And it was a long process, much longer than I ever thought it was going to be. And it came with some redefining of how I even viewed myself. For instance, one of the issues that I had was a bacterial infection that attacked my digestive system. So I really had to do a very strict elimination diet, struggled to really handle a lot of food very well for a long time. And it was this building back process of getting to a point where I could eat just a healthy diet. And it was funny, some of the things that I was upset about early on wasn't even necessarily the physical pain. It was some of the emotional stuff attached to, one, I had kind of 
always been the we're going to enjoy ourselves and eat and be merry and these sorts of things. And I liked the social aspect of eating and cooking and all that stuff. And I just remember being very upset because I felt like I was losing some of that social component with other people. I felt like I was losing a part of myself. And then I, I just had to change my perspective a little bit. I had to realize what I did have, but then I had to start making changes. Like, okay, I'm going to build back to wherever I can get. And it may not ever be the same as it was, but can I find a way? If sitting down for a meal was a way that I would maybe socialize, how do I figure out a way to still be socially engaged with other people and not have it centered around food? That's an interesting thing if you think about it, how much of our social engagements are tied to a meal and I had to switch that up where I was like okay well if that's off the table for me can I still engage with other people can I engage with other people if they're sitting down for a meal and I'm not eating anything I found out that I could found out that was just fine Then, just other stuff in life, I remember getting divorced, which is fine. But I remember for a long time, one of the ways I defined myself was as a husband, for instance. And then all of a sudden, when you're not that thing anymore, it's like, okay, well, how how do I define myself now if I'm not defined by that? If that's not a thing that I am anymore, well, that's okay. We do that to ourselves a lot. We label ourselves as I am this thing. And then if something happens where we're not able to be that thing anymore, I think we see it a lot with athletes sometimes, high-level athletes who maybe struggle after retirement, after their athletic career ends because it's, I've defined myself as this thing. And now I'm not able to do this thing anymore. Physically, I'm not able to do this thing. Well, then how do I define myself if I poured so much of myself into this? It's about adaptability. Maybe as much as any skill I want my students to have, my children to have, is adaptability. Is to be able to, to change, to be able to grow. To recognize and appreciate the process of anything in life. That's what we're going to be talking about this week. A very simple, simple task in terms of, I'm not asking a lot of different things, but maybe hard to recognize is I want my students to identify at least one way you've had to adapt. And I mean, really have to change because change is difficult but if we know we can do it if we have that growth mindset we can apply that to other facets of our lives until next time much love my blog post this week is same 
coin. We're pretty familiar with the old saying, it's two sides of the same coin. And a lot of things in life are exactly that. Perhaps most of our human conflict comes from the notion of two sides of the same coin. As I was writing, I like to personify different things, think if I could talk to them. And I was wondering if the head of a coin is ever concerned about the tail of a coin. Like if he's a if he's suspicious of that guy that's on the other side of the coin that looks a little different and says some things that are a little bit different. I wonder if he might be, if the head of a coin could talk, if he would, if you would distrust that guy on the other side, if he would be afraid of the tail of the coin. Because that's what we do in life a lot of times. The reason that the head of the coin is leery of the tail of the coin is because they're so close. They're so close, it's difficult to see each other. In life, we're often so close, we don't see each other. As human beings, I look at a lot of the different belief systems and political parties. I look at all of the anger and viscera and discord that we see in all forms of media and all areas of society. And I think we're so close that we just don't see each other. And because we don't see each other, we don't understand each other. And we fear what we don't understand. We fight over different issues, over different ways of doing things. But if we get down to the foundation, if we get to the root of our behaviors, and our beliefs, we often find that we're trying to meet the same basic human needs, that we're trying to fulfill the same desires, that we're trying to protect ourselves and our loved ones, that we're trying to create opportunities for ourselves and our loved ones. We're trying to hold on to things we find precious and dear. We're trying to progress and find our version of success. We're all doing those things. And because of our upbringings, because of our personalities, we find different ways of approaching 
we find different ways of pursuing what we want to get out of life. But it's coming from the same place, from the same human instincts and needs. But we don't recognize that. And it's it's easy to set up two sides, our side and everybody else. And we do that. We get into these toxic tribal groups and say, okay, well, I'm on this side and then everybody else is on that side. Or my group thinks this, everyone who's not in our group is, is the other. And we create that two sides of a coin, even though there is this endless spectrum of thoughts and feelings and beliefs about everything. But it's just easier to say, okay, I'm, I'm the head of the coin. That's the tail of the coin. I don't see them, but I'm leery of what's going on back there. I'm going to be on guard. I'm going to be fearful and angry. Instead of stopping and saying, we're all the same coin. We all want the same things. And we may be approaching them differently. And it's okay for us to stand up for what we believe in and to speak our truths. That's important. But we mustn't forget that we are two sides of the same coin. That we're human beings trying to fulfill the same wants and needs and desires. To try to learn and live and love and grow in our own ways. This has been a message from Luke Nielsen Media, the official podcast of Hide and Seek. That's right, you heard it here first. I am thrilled to announce our affiliation with hide and seek one of the all-time great games you've seen it on television all of the sponsorship deals that exist with sports all over the world people fighting and clawing for an official sponsorship deal and i could not be prouder this is the one we really wanted Not the NFL, not MLB, not the NHL or the NBA. We wanted hide-and-seek. And by golly, we went out there and we got it. So, anytime anyone is playing hide-and-seek in the world, we are officially sponsoring that game of hide-and-seek. We like to keep it old school around here. You're not going to see our logo showing up in your hide-and-seek backyard. We're not going to be popping up as you're hiding underneath the bed or climbing up in a tree. We don't, we're not about that. We're purists, hide-and-seek purists. But just know, anytime, anywhere, there's hide-and-seek being played, we're behind it. All right, that's an extra silly one of our fake sponsorship deals, but 
Man, I love hide and seek. What a great game. This is a game I love playing as a kid. And on more than one occasion, I played as a young adult just with even friends in college. Hide and seek does not stop being fun. You get older, you get like better ideas too. So hide and seek is great. I love, still play with my kids. My kids are even kind of getting to the age where it's like, maybe they're a little older than you would think. Kids enjoy hide and seek, but it's still a pretty great game. So we play it all the time. I had a kind of funny experience. I don't remember if I talked about it on air before or not, but I was, I think I did mention it. We, uh, kids and I were playing hide and seek this summer. And I guess it was kind of even this fall when it was still not too cold outside. And I was staying, I was hiding behind a tree near the street and someone pulled up and basically asked what I was doing because it looked like I was deep in thought leaning up against this tree and I had to explain that no I was hiding we were in the middle of a hide and seek game my kids and I he the guy definitely blew my cover but uh I just like hide and seek it's a pretty fun game and it's one of those like Simple, pure, not overcomplicated activities. So with all these fake sponsors, I mostly just think of silly things that pop into my head or stuff that I like, like those simple childhood memories. And hide and seek is right up there. Now from me to you, this week we talked about International Justice Mission for our Good News segment. They're partnering with local authorities to combat slavery, violence against women and children, and abuse of power. Such an important thing. Important for us to remember when we get caught up in some of the silly challenges of our daily lives that there are people in this world who live in slavery people in this world who are oppressed. And we can do something to fight back against it. We talked about adaptability. The key to overcoming our obstacles. Because we are creatures who can get used to anything, both negatively and positively. But if we know that we're able to get used to things, we can use that to our advantage. Because then we can change. Then we can learn and grow. I talked about being two sides of the same coin. Because we see so much division in our world. We've always had division and we see so much of it now. It's important for us to remember that we're all trying to fulfill the same desires. To meet the same needs. That we all have fears and hopes and dreams. Then we talked about hide and seek. Simple pleasures of something like a game of hide and seek. So if you're having a rough week, if you're having a tough time, I'd say throw together a game of hide and seek. Not much better than that. 
Otherwise, please, as always, feel free to reach out and connect. Shoot a message through the website, lukenielsen.com. Shoot me a message on the social media stuff. Pretty much Luke Nielsen Media everywhere. Of that, I do want to give a shout out to my boy Drake Hutchinson, who was a former student of mine, one of my first students. I love anytime I get a chance to hear from him. He and I have reconnected a little bit in recent years. And first of all, I'm always love anytime I still get to have some sort of relationship with a former student. I'm especially appreciative when I get to connect with or stay connected to one of my early students because I look back at that time and realize how bad a teacher I was, how bad a coach I was. I hope I'm I'm a lot better. I'm certainly still trying to get better at being a teacher, being an educator. But but I, I look back and I... I'm always a bit apologetic to any of my early students where I'm like, wow, I just did not have any of this figured out. So anytime I get to still have a positive relationship with any of those early students, I'm extra thankful because I'm like, all right, well, maybe maybe if nothing else, I didn't do uh, totally irreversible damage to you, but I got a message from Drake again about a little more than a week ago, I guess, from when this will come out. And I just love talking to the guy. He's got a bunch of bunch of great ideas. And he was mentioning some things that I've been talking about on the podcast. It sounds like he's going to be getting to some podcasting stuff too. So I am very excited for that. Drake's got a wonderful view of the world. I'm very proud of the man he has turned into and I'm hoping we'll get to collaborate on something as well. But just thought of that as I'm throwing out the ways to connect. I love those sorts of connections more than anything. You just anytime I hear from family and friends and former students and and all that sort of thing. So much love to my guy, Drake, and I'm excited for what he's going to have coming up. Also, I've got the new segment coming out. I'd kind of mentioned it before. I'm going to be posting videos and audio working through my book, Ernest from Earth. You can check that out in all the regular places where all this stuff is posted, where I will read through a chapter of the book pretty informally. It's not meant to be an audio book, but just a reading of the text. And then after each chapter, I will do kind of a breakdown. I'll work through the curriculum guide that I put together for schools and organizations who might want to utilize the book. We'll talk about social-emotional learning stuff and... uh, even work on literacy skills, those sorts of things. And I'll give some behind the scenes information about the writing process, 
where I got ideas, that sort of thing. I think I've started recording some stuff already. I've recorded a handful of them that'll be coming out. I'm kind of enjoying just revisiting it and going back through the process for myself as a reflection piece. And I hope other people will enjoy it. I've got a chance to speak to different people in different groups who have read the book, and that's been pretty fun, pretty exciting. So that's it for this week. Until next time, love yourself, love each other, love the fight.